Welcome to Gospel Tangents, the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. LDS history is replete with scholars who have gotten in trouble with church authorities. People like Michael Quinn, Lester Bush, and even Maxine Hanks, to name just a few. In our next conversation with Drs. Richard and Claudia Bushman, I asked them why some people get in trouble and others don't, like them, who write about sensitive church history topics. You'll love to hear the answers to their questions. Check out our conversation. So I have a question for both of you, um, especially because you know Leonard Arrington and you know Eugene England. Um, I, you know, I look at people like uh, Nelson Lowry, I don't know if you knew him, from Utah State. Um, even um, Lester Bush. It seems like certain people uh, get in trouble for... Michael Quinn's another one. Uh, get in trouble for writing certain things, but there's other people like you two, Greg Prince, um, Terrell Givens, people like that that can write very similar things, but you don't get in trouble. Can you talk about um, why some people get in trouble, some people don't? Do you toe the line better than you know a Michael Quinn, or how, how does that work? Or is it just luck of the draw, or how how does that? work when you when you talk about sensitive issues with the church well it's a good question um uh my slogan is um um keep your heart pure and let your mind run free that is if you can um if you can purge out any desire to tweak the church to sort of uh, uh, to sort of correct the church and just desire to really say what you believe is true and that's hard to do a lot of people think they're doing that but you can always sense in their writings a desire to trouble people I wouldn't say that's true for everyone who gets in trouble, but I'm just saying uh, you have to have a good attitude. And then in my case, of course, I was taking all the church jobs that came along. So the fact that I was a bishop and a state president and and, and now I'm a patriarch uh, sort of reassures people that my heart is in the right place. Because I think that's what the church leaders are most interested in. Are you... Uh, are you really loyal to the church? And that's a hard thing to judge. And probably people are misjudged on that count. But uh, that's, all, that's what I have to say on that subject. Does it help that you didn't live in Utah? Did you have a little bit of a buffer because you were in Boston and New yeah, York? I, yeah, it helps a lot. The trouble is, if you live in Utah, you write aware of general authorities looking over your shoulder. And you can't do that. You can't write to please the general authorities. You got to write what you think is, is true. And it's just very hard to do in Utah because there's such a presence. You know, you say, you say you're writing a book or doing this or doing that. And they always want to know, what do the brethren think? And if you just get that in your head all the time, uh, you, 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 it's very hard to, to think clearly. So, uh, I, you know, I'd done most of my writing in Boston and New York. 
and it's been much easier. And also, when I write, I don't I write, don't write just for the church. I always write for people outside the church. I always want to talk in a way that my I, I often imagine myself giving a talk to the faculty at Columbia, and what could I say about the church? Say it in a way that would make sense to them. So it it helps that way too to be in another society where you're aware of other demands. So because you're in Boston and New York, do you think that the brethren give you a little bit of a pass on stuff that other people might get in trouble for? Like Leonard Arrington and Michael Quinn who were right you know, in Salt Lake at BYU? Yeah, yeah Lester Bush was in Washington. Um, I, don't, I don't know how much trouble he got into. I, I did Lester Bush get kicked out of the church? I'm not aware of that. He didn't, but I think they made his life very hard. That, that's what I've heard. He never got kicked out, but they 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 made it known to him that his views were not welcome. Okay, I I don't know anything about that, um, but um, I don't know. Um, it could make a difference, possibly. Claudia, do you have any thoughts there? Well, um, I think um, I think I'll do anything if they tell me straight out what I'm that I'm not supposed to do something. I will do it, and that's happened a few. But uh, I think I don't think that I have never been in the business of criticizing. I don't want to try and reform it. I don't threaten to leave if they don't do something right. Because I mean, that doesn't mean I agree with everything that goes on, but I just think there's no point in fighting authority in that. So I just do that. I, am, I know there are a lot of people that um, do most of the things I say and do. But on the other hand, I've done an awful lot of things for the church, too. Lots of my projects are very devoted and so. And I had no desire to change, but I didn't to change it. Really. <laughs> I think Levina Anderson felt the same way, <laughs> but they kicked her out anyway. <laughs> I feel very sorry to see people feel that they must and so on. Unfortunate in every way. I think we can live with it. I mean, also, I feel like I have a great deal of power in the church. The priesthood with it. But not a lot of things I say make a difference to the notes of people as well as. I don't feel bad about this. Claudia's view is if you're discontent with your position in the church, ask yourself, what would you like to do in church? And when you figure that out, then just do it. Yeah, do it anyway. Do it. <laughs> and so I uh, do a lot of that. I know, Richard, one time you said, because um, 
I think I met you at a parade in Provo when you were living here in Utah for a short time. I know you're you're back in New York now, or and uh, I'm trying to remember how you put it. Um, you, it seems like you said, and, and please please correct me here, that uh, in Boston and New York, your churches church meetings you had lots of questions, and in Utah they have all the answers. That's right. Does that ring a bell? Yeah. That's what I've said about high priest meeting. <laughs> um, can, can you expound on that a little bit more? Well, in New York, we get a lot of talks of people who are struggling. You know, they confess you know, their, their problems and they're in trouble getting along, but that they're, they're, they're doing their best and they appreciate their brothers and sisters and want to be part of things. And that's fine. You don't have to have a solid testimony um, in order to be a, an active and valuable member. Uh, I think there's, that's getting to be more and more true in Utah. But there are a lot of people who just think the way you demonstrate your complete loyalty to the church is to say with unshaken words that you know the church is true. You have to be absolutely certain. And, uh, you know, there, what does faith mean? It means trusting in things that where there are difficulties. So it, it's just easier to be a member of the church in, in New York. You know, Ken Burns just gave an interview, I just thought about a week ago, and one of the things he said, which just really struck me, uh, and I'd love to have you comment on this, is he said, a lot of people think the opposite of faith is doubt. He says, that's not true. The opposite of faith is certainty. And when you're certain, <laughs> then you do, you're you not exercising faith. And, you know, and I, the thought came to my mind was, you know, when we go to testimony meeting, I know Joseph Smith's a prophet. I know the church is true. I know, I know, I know, I know. And that's not faith. That's certainty. And, and, and can you comment on that? Do you, do you agree with Ken Burns on that point? Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way. Uh, Mark Rathwell has written a wonderful expose, exposition of Alma 32 in a little book he's written about the, um, parts of the Book of Mormon. And that's what he says. You know, when you plant the seed, you never arrive at perfect faith, never perfect certainty. But your faith grows stronger because the, the plant keeps growing as you, as you nurture. And it seems to me that's a better description of life than, than this uh, arrival at a point where you can never be shaken under any, any circumstances. Besides, what is the church? What are we talking about? What is truth? What are we talking about? Neither one is at all clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, another question I had is I'd, I'd like you to address, um, I guess two there's two types of critics. Um, well, I guess the first one I want to address um, are kind of the academic critics. I know... I, I spoke with Dr. Larry Foster, and uh, you know, a lot of people compare Rough Stone Rolling to uh, Fawn Brody's "No Man Knows My History." Um, do you think you've been able to equal be equal with Fawn, or to surpass it, or um, and and also, 
some people say, well, Richard didn't go enough into uh, polygamy and polyandry and those sound like kind of some sticky things. Uh, do you have any comments on that? Well, I'll tell you an anecdote. You know, uh, I have the same publisher, Svan Brody, Alfred Knopf. Okay. My book was published on the 60th anniversary of the publication of No Man Knows My History. So I told my editor, you publish my book, it'll give you a chance to repent of your past sins. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and the editor also told me that the sales of No Man History rose after my book came out. <laughs> um, to, um, hear the other, other side of things. So tell me your question again. I lost my train of thought. Oh, so can you address the the uh, no man knows my history, whether you've equaled or surpassed that? Well, um, you know, people who read uh, Rothstone Rolling, they may say it's a good piece of scholarly work, but it's definitely uh, pro-Joseph Smith. Um, Von Brody um, wrote a book that Mormons feel is anti-Joseph Smith. You know, that it's, I think they're wrong in one sense. It was probably as favorable a view of Joseph Smith has been published outside of Mormon circles up to that point. And uh, really strikes outsiders as a fairly balanced approach. Um, we, of course, don't, don't see it that way. She was a marvelous writer. I think she was a better writer than she was a scholar because she does not address the central question of Joseph Smith's life, and that is his religious, his religion. So she sort of explains it away. She makes him an adventurer. Uh, she, you know, does not attribute any sincere or deep uh, religious feelings to it, which I think is wrong. You, there's a lot of it, both in his revel revelations and in his... Uh, and in his personal letters. So um, uh, I think it will always stand as a, uh, an example of a certain of attitude at a certain point of time and is a wonderful piece of journalism. And uh, my book doesn't begin to, to match it. Someone told me in my book, he says, a person outside the church making a critical comment said, you know, you you give both sides, both points of view on controversial issues, but you always have the positive one speak last. So <laughs> uh, the good guys get the the last uh, the last word. But uh, I I don't worry about that. It it will soon be displaced. John Turner's um, writing a biography of. Uh, Joseph Smith, so is Rick oh, Turley. Yeah. And Rick Rick Turley is writing another one. So it, it will be displaced in time. But it represented the best I think I could do at that moment, speaking both as a scholar and as a church person. I feel like I spoke the truth, truly the truth as I understand it. I didn't run away from any problems. I could have done a much better job on Joseph's wives I didn't do justice to them. I felt bad about that. But, uh, you know, I, I talked about him 
married, marrying married women. Um, you know, I, I, I by no means I intend to cover up any problem I wanted to deal with. Very good. Claudia, do you have any critics that you would like to address in any of your writings? Um, critics? Yeah. <laughs> what have critics said about you, and, and would you like to address anything that they, they've addressed? Critics that have criticized my writing? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Has anybody ever criticized my writing? Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything offhand. Do you got anything to mention? No, no, I just remember. <laughs> Say that again. I only remember the good things. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good way to be. <laughs> it, it always surprises me that people like things somewhat. I'm always surprised. But <laughs> some of my things get some real attention occasionally. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Although I can't think of any criticisms. Where people are critical of my, the things I do rather than things I say. Wouldn't you say, Rachel? Well, the things you say in Sunday school class, that's... <laughs> well, I think there should be more said in Sunday school class. Yeah. It is true, I was criticizing the Bible. I wish that I could sit in your Sunday school class. That would be a treat. <laughs> but, you know, we believe in free speech. <laughs> Well, one other thing I wanted to address, uh, Richard, was um, this, this I, I know there have been some critics um, that have kind of, to me, have used your words out of context. I know there's a famous quote of you where you've said, well, the, the church history narrative needs to change. Um, do you feel like some critics have, have misused your words um, as, as kind of a, a way to whip the church. Yes, I, I think I've been uh, mistreated in that way. I was in a far side. It was at the home of one of uh, Eugene England's sons, and they were asking questions, and I made the comment that, the, that something about the, the narrative, the early church history narrative is false and has to be changed. And as I said the words, I, I knew I didn't mean faults. I meant that there were errors that had to be corrected, not faults. And uh, various people, uh, it, I was apparently being recorded, which I was not aware of, and um, have used that to imply that I say Joseph Smith didn't have the revelations he did. I, the words don't say that. This said that it's false in some ways. And I've talked to those people. I've told them that's not what I mean. I've said this in public many times and still is repeated over and over again. And I'm very resentful. I think it's malicious. And I truly wish they would stop doing it uh, because they are making those words say things that I didn't mean then and don't mean now but uh, they refused to be corrected. All right. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Drs. Richard and Claudia Bushman. Our next conversation with them will be our last, and so you'll definitely want to sign up to our free newsletter at gospeltangents.com newsletter, 
and I'll send you a secret link to the final part of our conversation. We're going to talk about their involvement with LDS Arts. In 2017, we started a Center for Latter-day Arts in New York, uh, and the aim was to educate ourselves better about Latter-day Saint Arts, to recognize artists and give them credit, and to uh, let the world get a better idea of just what Latter-day Saint artists are doing. If you'd like to hear the entire interview uncut, please subscribe to patreon.com slash gospeltangents for just $5 a month. Patreon is spelled p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash gospeltangents. If you'd like to watch the entire video, you can subscribe at YouTube, Patreon, or on my website at gospeltangents.com and click the yellow subscribe button for just $8 a month. PDF transcripts are just $10 a month, and you can get those on patreon.com slash gospeltangents or on my website. I'll send those to you as soon as I've finished completing it. If you'd like to get a paperback and PDF, just subscribe for $20 a month at either Patreon or on my website. Individual paperbacks are available at amazon.com. Just do a search for Gospel Tangents interview, and you can find all of our past interviews there. Share your Gospel Tangents pride by purchasing a t-shirt on our website at gospeltangents.com shop. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts at tinyurl.com gospeltangents. You can get our latest updates by friending me at Facebook, or you can also follow our page at facebook.com gospeltangents. Become an insider and you can see the newest videos. Follow us on Twitter at gospeltangents. Click here to subscribe, here for a transcript, and over here we've got some of our great videos. Thanks again.